Welcome back for another episode of Audible's podcast, AWBPJB, coming at you again. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be covering all of the divisions. This week, we're going to start with the highly, highly talented NFC West, the Cardinals, 49ers, Rams, and Seahawks. We're going to go right into it here. No time wasted. BP is going to cover Seattle. I'll cover the Rams. JB will cover the Niners, and then we'll all collectively share our thoughts on the Cardinals. So this division is super competitive, stacked. The Rams made the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Seattle is a, is a perennial team that's made multiple Super Bowls, always in the playoffs. And 49ers were in the Super Bowl, and the Cardinals are up and coming. So this is a stacked division with a lot of talent. So we're going to start with Seattle, and Poulin's going to take us through his thoughts, his analysts, and uh, Poulin, Seattle, what's his yeah, season what's going to be? Um, welcome back. I'm glad you gave me the Seahawks, Adam, because they're always kind of like my sleeper team. I know they are. <laughs> for, some, for some reason, but actually, when you just mentioned like how good the division <coughs> They, that division's been good for a while. And that, like the more I think about it, I'm go, I'm talking all the way back to like Russell Wilson's rookie year. Like remember, like right off the bat, Seattle's pretty good. They were San Fran was good in the Harbaugh era. Uh, the Rams weren't quite there yet, but but they had they got good, you know, over the last few years. And even Arizona was good for a while when they had Bruce Arians. Like you remember, they made the NFC Championship. Yeah. So. They have been one of the, you know, one of the better divisions in the NFL probably, you know, in the last eight or so years. Um, and it kind of looks like, like it'll continue that way, um, you know, depending on how the other teams do. But with Seattle, um, you know, I was wrong about this, Adam. I thought Russell Wilson has made the playoffs every year. That is not true. They did not make the playoffs in 2017, which I just looked that up today. But huh. he's made he's made the playoffs seven out of eight seasons, uh, which is pretty good. So, and, and even in that 2017 season, they missed, but they went nine and seven. So, I mean, it's still a winning record, but you know, it wasn't good enough that year. But basically, you know, you're looking at them coming off an 11 and five season for 2019 they made the playoffs excuse me they lost in the divisional round to green bay should have won that game was, i'm glad you said that um they they you remember they kind of almost that was like the theme of them like you know well well here's here's the thing that they were such a run they've been such a run heavy team and I think it was said that they run the ball more than like anybody else. I mean, Baltimore might, might, might be up there with them last year, but over the last two or three seasons, they run the ball like more than anybody. Ironically enough though, Russell Wilson has thrown over 30 touchdowns each of the last three seasons as well. So you kind of saw it in that green Bay game though. It's like they, they get into this habit of like run, 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 run. And then let's try to like come back with Wilson in the fourth quarter and you know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, and the reason why I think that didn't really work out for them this year, I mean, it did all the way to the playoffs, but you had Chris Carson who was having a great season, um, had like 1200 yards rushing. 
He gets hurt. Rashad Penny gets hurt. They're down to, like, their third-string running back by the time the playoffs come around. If you remember, uh, they had to also bring in Marshawn Lynch, you know, which, I mean, that was cool and everything, but I don't really think it, like, replaced the production they were getting. So they they came into the playoff game with Lynch and Travis Homer. You know, it just wasn't. It was wasn't what got them there, so I think that kind of hurt them. But um, that being said, you know they, they're bringing back obviously the, the same nucle- nucleus of a team. Uh, even rumors about Lynch coming back. You know, we'll. we'll I want to ask you guys about that too. Do you think Lynch is coming back to the Seahawks, and will it be worth their time? Yes, and yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I really think it depends on Chris Carson's status. Also, uh, Penny, <clears throat> both coming off the injuries. So, Well, they, I, I, the last time I read about this, they said Rashad Penny is going to be out for, like, the first six games. Um, at least that's what they're saying now. So, you know, that kind of leads into to some of the draft picks, which I'll talk about in a second. But uh, long story short, like, you know, the, the – Obviously, Russell Wilson gives them a chance to win. Like I said, make, makes the playoffs seven out of eight seasons so far. Um, and a report that I pulled up today, um, this was on a, a Seahawks-based website. Basically, they're saying they want to run a more up-tempo, up-tempo offense, you know, um, basically going no huddle a little bit more with Wilson. like. Like, basically doing what they do in the fourth quarter anyway, you know, when they try to come back and win. But now they're going to try to, like, do that the whole game. You know what I mean? Because um, they obviously realize, you know, half the time that's when they're playing their best, when they put the game in Wilson's hands, they start going no huddle, um, et cetera. So, I mean, it is a tough division, but I'll always say – they have a chance to be at least be in the playoffs uh, with Russell Wilson. So um, uh, just to kind of build off that, because want to talk about some guys they brought in and maybe get your guys' opinions on on a few of the big names. So one guy they brought in, like this was the first guy I wrote down. He's old. He's a veteran. But for some reason, it feels like it fits. And that is Greg Olson, tight end coming over from Carolina. Again, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, what his health will be over the course of the year, but doesn't it seem like it kind of fits? Yeah, absolutely. I I think think Russell hasn't had any consistency and he clearly likes to target the tight end. So, you know, bringing in a leader like that. Like, we don't know how Will Disley's going to be coming off that Achilles. You know, he's a big dude, too. Right. So, um, um, well, they also have Jacob Hollister, too. Yep. Who, so, so the, again, this is another thing I love about Wilson. It's like, you know, he, he it's like he just basically, it's like he'll scramble around and then, like, find some no-name receiver open 30 yards down the field. And it's like, you know, you had Jacob Hollister, who was a – a Patriot cast off goes to Seattle. All of a sudden he's looking like he's awesome with Wilson. Um, you know, there's just been a, a handful of like random receivers that they have 
Like when they were in that Super Bowl um, against the Patriots, all of a sudden he's thrown at this guy, Chris Matthews, who was like nowhere to be found all year. But if Seattle won, it's like he could have been the MVP of that game, <laughs> you know? So it's like, I mean, that's what makes him exciting to watch. I mean, if he, if you give him anybody, he makes them look good. So, you know, they bring in Greg Olson, another guy that I, I like this fit a lot, another Patriot cast-off. Philip Dorsett, wide receiver, because that's you know that's kind of that's kind of Seattle's mo. It's like run, you know, power run game. Russell Wilson launching it deep, you know. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Um, I they did bring in Josh Gordon, another Patriot cast off. Josh Gordon. I don't know if he's still on their team. I got to see if they resigned him, but um, I mean he didn't do too much at the end of the year, but maybe some potential there, but with Philip Dorsett being kind of another speedy deep threat receiver, almost like a Tyler Lockett. I feel like that's a good fit. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, no, he's a great addition. I was really surprised at that. I'm surprised the Pats let him walk with being so thin right. and for him to go to Seattle. I do agree that it's a, it's a really good fit. Yeah. So Again, another threat for Wilson, and, you know, he'll make something happen with that. He just – that's what he does. Uh, they also are bringing – they're bringing back Bruce Irvin. Am I right about that, Adam? Wasn't he a Seahawk? Yeah. Previously? Yes. Um, you know, obviously he's late in his career now, but familiar with the system. Um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll give them some, some sort of uh, – you know, defensive rush there, see what he has left in the tank. Um, and, and so I guess the other story we can break now, because I had this guy, I literally wrote his name down, and about five minutes later, uh, there was a warrant out for his arrest. <laughs> <laughs> so Unbelievable. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, cornerback, uh, previously on the Redskins, he was traded to Seattle in March. Um, and from all the reports I've seen regarding that, he was basically going to walk in there and be one of the starting two corners, you know, assuming that, excuse me, assuming his training camp went well and all that stuff. But um, unfortunately, him and DeAndre Baker, another cornerback on the Giants, uh, now have a warrant out for their arrest. Uh, being accused of armed robbery in Florida. It's a crazy story. I mean, I won't get too far into it, but you can read the stuff online if you want. Basically, they were at a party, guns, robbery, whatever, all stupid stuff. But, you know, I will say, as a society, we're, we're quick to react to stories. So um, I'll wait for all the facts to come out. That being said, this doesn't look good for either of them. You know what I mean? So, right. Uh, he may not be a Seahawk much longer. Ironically, he was on video with them today, like doing some video with a Seahawks interview, you know, talking about how happy he was to be there, blah, blah. But whatever. It's All getting that cut tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good chance. <laughs> There's a good chance they'll both be playing for uh, what's the movie, Adam? The the Falcons just did their uniforms after him. The oh, quarantine the bandits. The, the, the longest yard. <laughs> yeah, they might be playing for the longest yard next season, but <laughs> uh, um, 
forget, but forget all that. Let, let's assume he gets out of this and he's on Seattle. Okay, that's a great pickup for them. They get another corner, which they need. Um, now, I want to get into some rumors. It seems like there's been a lot of rumors with the Seahawks this week, and we'll just start going right down the list. So, Chris Sims broke a story, you know, that supposedly – Russell Wilson was going to be traded to the Browns in 2018 for their number one overall pick. Now, I don't know whether to believe that or not, but there's two ways to look at it. So one, if that was, you know, if, if the, if that offer was on the table and the Browns didn't take it, you know, that's pretty stupid by them. Although fitting for who they are on the reverse, you know, for the Seahawks to, I don't understand why they would be wanting to trade a franchise quarterback, you know, that which at that point had got them to the playoffs six out of seven years, two Super Bowl appearances. I don't know for who, you know, for the number one pick, who were they going to draft? You know, it would have been Baker, uh, Sam Darnold. Who, who were the other QBs there? It was Josh Allen, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Darnold, uh, Josh Allen, uh, yeah, Josh I mean, Rosen, Baker, Baker, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So n- Lamar none of Jackson, late. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess you could make an argument for him, but they probably wouldn't have taken him number one. No, definitely uh, not. So I don't know. I don't know how much stock are you guys putting into that story. Personally, I'm putting no stock into it. <clears throat> the, yeah. the, the way I see it, if, if this was anything more than the Browns throwing a ridiculous trade at them and uh, Seattle laughing it off, right. I, can't, I can't imagine you actively shopping a guy like Russell or even entertaining offers for that matter. I mean, this guy's elite of the elite, you know, so you just don't trade guys like that. We've never heard about him being a locker room problem or anything like that. So, I mean, I really – it just doesn't make any sense. The way I, I interpret the news is that the Browns and Seahawks were probably talking about the trade, a first-round pick. I think they had two that year um, or even three that year, um, and they probably just – the Browns probably threw the offer at them and they just laughed it off. That's how I think it probably went down. But right. we'll know more when uh, Wilson's next contract is up and see what he does if he – does a similar path like Brady did, maybe maybe the rumor's true, you know? But right. I highly doubt it. Yeah, I mean, it's that time of year where, you know, given the circumstances of everything, that, you know, any story is an interesting story, but it's hard to imagine the Seahawks wanting to move on uh, from Wilson. You know, like we said, the production he's given them. And, you know, yeah, I could believe the Browns reaching out for that. Sure, why not? You know, at that point, they were bringing in a bunch of people anyway. So uh, the other rumor, Adam, you had brought this up was, again, with the Browns. So it was – correct me if, if I go get it wrong here. So it was going to be Miles Garrett going to Seattle for K.J. Wright, a second and a seventh. And, and then on top of that, the Browns were going to turn around and sign Clowney. Yeah, that ended up being completely bullshit. <laughs> uh, uh, I know well, the rumor that's you said that wrong. Adam, um, it was all over Twitter. I mean, it it was all over Twitter. People talking about it. 
I started on Reddit and then it and then it went over to Twitter and this guy supposedly called uh, some things happening before that happened. So then everyone started buying stock and believing this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so I it, that ended up being wrong, but but just for a second on the Russell room on the Russell Wilson rumor. Yeah. So 2018 that year was going to be, I think that was his final year on that contract. Um, now, Adam, keep in mind, they missed the playoffs in 2017. But he led the NFL in touchdown passes that year. So how would you move on from that? I, so- I wouldn't. I mean, that's just dumb. Russell Wilson um, is one of the best. Uh, I think he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, uh, I would definitely put have him in my top five. Yep. But the thing that interests me more is last year they ended up he ended up signing his extension. So the 2018 season was going to be his last year. Was Seattle trying to ease around like if Russell Wilson were they debating then is he worth the money or can we get something for him? If mm-hmm. Russell, and maybe they're afraid of Russell Wilson not signing. Remember, there was the whole rumor of him <laughs> going to the New York Giants at one point. You're right. That I rumor was spinning. I was stoked about um, it. And he, <laughs> uh, he and his wife, Ciara, we all know who she is, uh, have ties to New York in some way, shape, or form. But what's even more interesting about this rumor mm-hmm. is that extension he signed last spring. Uh-huh. Um, it was for um 140 million four years and there's a no trade clause in there i did notice that so it's 107 million in guaranteed money so big investment and obviously an investment that if i were a gm i would make immediately in russell wilson mm-hmm. uh, but a no trade clause being in that in his current deal and that whole rumor of spinning around of, of, you know, maybe him going to New York, maybe the Browns did or, or Seattle threw Russell Wilson at him. I don't, but it's hard to believe, but you may have a good point. Can't sit there and say that. I mean, we don't know the outcome of these other NFL quarterbacks that were drafted that year. They're so young in their career and right. Right. You know, a lot of them, they're, they're, they're the way their careers go is going to be determined by the season. Like this is a do it or a do or die year for Baker. It's a do or die year for Sam Darnold, uh, Josh Rosen. I said from the beginning, this guy is, uh, he's a trust fund baby that just cares about money and isn't going to pan out. Uh, right. What a waste of a first round pick um, for the Cardinals that year. So mm-hmm. I just, um, I don't know. I, I, I can see it being believable and, with all the trades that go on, nothing should surprise us, but it would be the dumbest move. If the Browns were offered that, they would have made the playoffs these last right. two years with Russell Wilson, in my opinion. Right. And, so, um, you know, as much as I like the guy, and I'll go to bat for him, but if I'm playing devil's advocate here, you know, like maybe Seattle says, well, you know, he really was like the beneficiary of um, our really good defense, you know, the Legion of Boom era. And, you know, we had Marshawn Lynch. We had this great run game. We had this great defense. You know, maybe they, they, they thought, you know, Wilson was maybe getting a little too much credit here and they could plug somebody like a Baker Mayfield in there or whoever they draft if that went down. 
and kind of have the same success, you know, but we don't know. I mean, Hey, wherever there's smoke, there's fire, but either way for Russell Wilson's sake, you know, I'm kind of glad it didn't happen, but um, just a couple other, a couple other guys that they lost though, which I think is worth mentioning. Um, their right guard, DJ Fluker. I don't know if you guys know who that is. They released him. He signs with Baltimore. Pretty good player. Um, a surprising one was their center, Justin Britt. I don't know if he retired or if they just released him. It says they released him here, but um, that you know, he uh, he's been there. I think majority of the time with Russell Wilson, so that's going to be an adjustment. Um, they also release a free safety Tedrick Thompson he wasn't bad and then of course there's some guys that are still free agents like Clowney Josh Gordon Marshawn Lynch Michael Kendricks Geno Smith they did bring back Geno Smith <laughs> um, and awesome. I guess we might as well jump into that Adam there, there was also the rumor being being floated out there about Cam Newton going to Seattle back up Russell Wilson that would be crazy to see, uh, although now that they re-signed Geno, I think today or yesterday, that's probably not going to happen. But um, all that being said, you know, I think they've brought in some good pieces. Uh, you know, replacing the, the center will probably be the, the biggest thing for them. Um, and then draft-wise, you know, they drafted, you know, my, my sleeper guy of the draft, DJ Dallas out of Miami, running back. Go, you know, who, who's a running back, but he's also played receiver, quarterback, whatever. And given the injury history of some of these running backs in Seattle, I mean, this just gives them more depth. And potentially, you know, he, he could be doing, doing some uh, good production for them. Um, they, first round, they drafted linebacker Jordan Brooks. All right, another defensive guy to go with it. You know, they've kind of been built on that defense. Um, I think they have one of the best linebacker cores in the league. Um, I think they have the best linebacker in the league now right. with Keekly being absent. It's Bobby Wagner Bobby, by, a, by a long shot. Yeah, Bobby Wagner is uh, – he's unbelievable, great linebacker. Yeah, K.J. Wright is pretty good too. Uh, we'll you know we'll see if he remains on the team going forward. But um, but here's here's the other thing that I was going to throw at you guys. If it turns out that um, you know the NFL starts the season and there is no fans at games, you know this is going to affect some teams more than others. I mean, obviously it'll affect every team to a degree. But the biggest thing you hear about Seattle is that home field advantage, that crowd, you know, the 12th man whole thing. You guys know what I'm saying here? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. How, you know, let, let's just assume like there, there's no fans at these games. It's just going to, you know, how is this going to work out for Seattle? Because that, they might, they may have, um, you know, we could say top three, top five home field advantage is in the NFL, you know? So 
So that's an interesting point. When I was going through uh, my team's win or, wins or losses, I didn't really take that into account. But I definitely think that makes it more neutral. Um, anytime you play on the home field, you generally have an advantage if you're a good team with a good fan base. So, um, yeah, I think it will factor in, actually. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree, especially when you talk about places like, you know, Seattle, home of the 12th man, places like Arrowhead. Um, so, you know, Green Bay. So it's, yeah, th there's going to be definitely a, di a different dynamic. But I mean, at the same point, it's like, would I w risk getting coronavirus to go to a football game? Probably. Yeah. I, I mean, at that point, like, just let fans in. Maybe you do like 50% capacity, 40% capacity. I don't know, even 25% capacity, because think about it. Think about how loud soccer games are, and there's only like twenty to 30,000 people at them, right? NFL fans get pretty rowdy. Uh, so maybe you cut, you know, you enforce, you know, the whole social distancing, safe practices, whatever needs to be in place, but maybe you cut the stadiums down, you know, to, to 25 to 50% capacity in a way that's safe to have fans that, you know, the, the realism – uh, you know, of a football game. And, and I think that would still be exciting, even if the NFL did that, because, uh, I mean, we need football. We need fucking football this fall. Hey, Adam, Absolutely. Um, all you got to do is get your Marshawn Lynch beast mode mask. I think he's selling them. <laughs> he's selling them? I, well, he was handing them out to people, um, but I'm sure you can go online and get one. So. Is it, does it have Skittles, like, come, like at the mouth? <laughs> Skittles? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that'll you know that'll be interesting being that Seattle, you know, kind of relies on that home field crowd noise and all that. But all that being said, I just want to, you know, before we wrap this up with the Seahawks, just jump right into their schedule. Um, you know, obviously, I'm like I said, you got Russell Wilson. They always seem to have a good core of a team. Pete Carroll. Uh, there's a winning history there, you know, since they've drafted Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, even though they kind of went through that Legion of Boom era, they lost those guys. Um, but their defense is still pretty good. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll we'll see how how it is this year. But they open up Week One at Atlanta, September thirteenth. Um, that's weird. It says ten a.m. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, that that's that's probably Pacific time. Oh, okay. Or uh, yeah, yeah, you're right because it's on there. Twitter here. So week one at Atlanta. Oh wait, no, yeah. Why would it be 10 a.m. in Atlanta? Yeah, I don't know. No, it'd still be 10. Maybe they're just doing it because they're from the West Coast and it's in it, even yeah. though Atlanta. I mean, would I literally, be I, I, that's pulled, weird. I pulled this schedule <laughs> off Pete Carroll's Twitter, but anyway, week one at Atlanta. Um yeah, I could see them winning that game just because I'll always say um screw the Falcons no matter how good they look or appear on paper, I just, my, my never whole, forgive them. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but let's just say they, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to catch an L. So uh, week two, this is now here's where it gets interesting. They're at home versus the Patriots. That's in Seattle. Um, could be minus crowd noise. That'll, I mean, obviously, they have a history of some pretty good games against each other. You know, this one will be um, without Tom Brady, but Bill Belichick will still be there. So it's always going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know. That could go either way, you know. 
but again, they're at home, so maybe give them a slight advantage there. Week three, they're at home again versus Dallas. Uh, another team they've had good matchups with. I believe they lost to them in the playoffs two years ago. Um, kind of similar teams, you know, built around the run, you know, sort of thing. But I kind of like them there. To, I, you know, I like them at home. So those first three games, I mean, what do you guys think? Falcons, Patriots, Cowboys, could they be off to a 3-0 start? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely like that. And then week four, they go to Miami, Adam, to your, you know, your Dolphins. Now, that'll be interesting. That is a matchup I'm looking forward to if Tua is playing, because I always say that Tua reminds me of Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, so uh, by week four, we don't know, you know, what Miami's record is going to be, but that could potentially be a very interesting game there. Um, We'll see how that plays out. Week five, they are back home versus the Vikings. That will be a very good game. Um, th- there was a, they had a really good game last year, if, if I remember this correctly. I think it was a Monday night or Thursday night game, Seahawks-Vikings. You guys remember this game? Mm. Let me pull it up. I, I could be wrong, but – is is that I the one the Vikings won at the very end? One of them won at the very end. It was I was gonna say that it was Seattle. Um, I thought I, the Vikes won at the very end. No, Seattle won thirty-seven thirty. Okay. Um, there was, something crazy happened. I think like Clowney picked up a fumble or something. Um, that yeah, I remember that being being an awesome game though. That was Week thirteen last year. So. There's a little bit of a revenge there for the Vikings. That's Sunday night football, week five. That'll be an awesome game. Uh, week six are on the bye. Week seven, they're at Arizona. So there's a division game for you. That'll be interesting. Um, you know, we'll get into Arizona's team a little bit later, but they got some some good stuff brewing over there. Week eight, they go back home. Another division game against the Niners. That'll be a tough game. Obviously, the history of battles there. Week nine, they go to Buffalo. That could be like a trap game for them. You know what I mean? On the road, Buffalo in November, it's cold. You know, that that could be like that trap game where they may maybe catch an L there. Hopefully not. Week 10, they're at the Rams. I'm going to say they beat the Rams. Adam, you'll talk more about the Rams, but mm-hmm. I'm not crazy about them this year, but you can't discredit the fact that they were just in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. not too long ago. So week 11, they're back home versus the Cardinals. Week 12 at the Eagles. That's going to be a good game. Um, they faced the Eagles twice last year, beat them in the regular season, beat them in the playoffs, although – you know, there's the the story around Clowney knocking one side of the game. So, again, a uh, little bit of a revenge factor there for the Eagles. Now they get them in Philly late in the year. Uh, that, that will probably be a very interesting game. That's Monday Night Football, too. Uh, week 13, they're at home versus the Giants. Uh, 
as optimistic as I am for the Giants, you know, that being that's my team, they'll probably lose that. <laughs> um, so it looks like they're playing the NFC East division because then they got the Redskins later on. So week 14 at home versus the Jets, that should be an easy win. Week 15 at the Redskins, that's probably another win. They may sweep the NFC division here, boys. Um, week 16, Rams again, and then week 17, they finish off with the Niners. So, to me, their toughest games are their own division, you know. Other than I'll say, like, I can see that Minnesota game being tough, and I can see that game at Philly being tough. But, you know, the rest of them I can see being wins. Uh, maybe they split with some teams in the divisions, but I'll say they'll come out of the season with minimum 10 wins, you know, maybe 11 or 12 if things really go right. So barring no injuries, you know, I, like I said, I see them back in the playoffs, 10, 11 wins. Even if they don't win the division, like I just, I would see them sneaking in as a wild card. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean they they should definitely make the playoffs. Um I mean we can't discredit San Fran. Now obviously them coming off a Super Bowl appearance, but Seattle did beat them in the regular season last year and they almost beat them again. They were like literally a couple inches away from it when uh Jacob Hollister got tackled on the goal line. Right. Unbelievable tackle by the way. But what a battle that if you go back and watch that Seahawks 49ers game last year, the first time they played in my opinion was the best game of the regular season. Um, I believe it went into overtime. It was like back and forth, both teams missed a field goal or something crazy, but it was an unbelievable game. Um, and I just kind of see that trend continuing. Like I said, I think their toughest games will be within their own division would you guys agree with that yeah it's um i mean this is why we're covering this division first you know so it's it's right, it's right. one of the perennial divisions it really is the more you mm -hmm. think about it adam it's uh it's it's definitely seemed to be coming that i mean th these are teams that are nailing you know they're adding people in the draft they're adding quality people in in free agency outside of quentin dunbar uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting for Seattle. So, um, excellent take. We're going to get right into the Rams here. So interesting. This will be Sean McVay's third season with the, I'm sorry, fourth season with the Rams already crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the youngest coaches in the NFL and he's completely turned this organization around from the Jeff Fisher days. I think this team still has a lot of potential, even with the departures. Uh, you know, they traded Marcus Peters last year. You know, Brandon Cooks is gone. Todd Gurley's gone. What does this offense still look like? So you have to look and start at the coaching staff. I'm a big believer in Sean McVay. Sean McVay is one of my favorite coaches in the NFL right now. He just completely – he's a very dynamic coach outside of the Super Bowl. I think the Super Bowl, the hype, 
the game plan was not created properly in the Super Bowl. When you run 11 personnel over 80% of the time against one of, if not the best coach in the NFL and a defensive-minded coach at that, you are uh, you're going to have issues. So I think that game got, you know, didn't it got to his head in a negative way. It kind of, you know, might have been, you know, overhyped. I mean, to take the Rams to the Super Bowl in your second year in the league, not a lot of people expected it. We expected a turnaround, but they just completely came out of the gates in 2018 and completely dominated. Um just unbe- unbelievable a turnaround. So so all the credit to him. I'm a huge fan of his. You look at the coaching staff. So they replaced the offensive coordinator. Um, and the offensive coordinator was the offensive coordinator. So it's Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. He was the offensive coordinator last year for the Redskins. Uh, he was actually drafted back in the third round by the New England Patriots in 2008. So this guy has NFL history and he's worked with, uh, he, you know, he's worked with other quarterbacks. He was actually working with Colin Kaepernick the year that, uh, you know, he only had four interceptions. So, you know, it, it was one of Colin Kaepernick's few good years. Mm-hmm. So he took over from McVay uh, from the Redskins the same year that, uh, you know, McVay left to become the Rams head, you know, head coach in, in 2017. So it was, uh, this is a right move. They, they needed change. And I think you're going to see a lot more emphasis on the running game. I think they need to add in other packages other than just 11 personnel. I think that's crucial. They have a new defensive coordinator. There's going to be a lot of change here, but I think it's going to be a lot of good. The coaching staff gets a, a little younger. Um, the team gets a little younger through the draft as well. And I think they needed that. I don't agree with bringing in, you know, the Clay Matthews and Eric Weddles of the world last year. Uh, granted, they might've gotten them for, for cheap, but they needed to get younger. So I think they did that through the draft and uh, you know, they, they obviously got, you know, some capital for, you know, uh, you know, they ultimately cut Todd Gurley and there's a lot of uncertainty with Todd Gurley, but we don't know. This is someone that still had plenty of touchdowns last year and is still completely capable. We don't know what the knee issue is. Um, You know, they let Brandon cooks uh, go, you know, he got traded. So they still have the key. Here's Jared Goff. Let's let's start with him. Let's let's cut the head off the snake here. This is going to be Jared Goff's prove it year. In a sense, I think if he's if he's average, he'll be with them next year. If he completely sucks, they're gonna ha- a team's gonna have to. I don't know if a team's gonna want to take over that contract. He's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, which doesn't make sense. If the Rams did not re-sign him last year and let him play out 2019, he would not be getting re-signed to that mega deal, I can assure you that. It was a big regression year for the Rams, and a lot of it had to do with Jared Goff's decision-making. I think the other thing here, too, is, you know, the competition got tougher in the division. Uh, you know, the, the, these defenses are stacked, the offenses are stacked, and this is a stacked division like we've already mentioned uh, several times. So Jared Goff has to find a way to get better with playing even better 
you know, better defenses in this division. These defenses are only going to get bigger. They're only going to get tougher. They're only going to get quicker. Uh, you know, Nick Bosa is going to be a defensive player of the year candidate, I'm sure, next year if he follows up last year's rookie season with how we think he'll play. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Jared Goff needs to play 2018 football. They need to run the ball more. They need to incorporate some additional packages, utilize the play action even more. Sean McVay loves the play action pass. He needs to utilize that even more. I think signing Cam Akers is a great move. It's funny because I was just reading that Derek Brooks uh, had texted McVay and said, you are not going to regret Cam Akers. And a lot of people from the Florida State staff texted Coach McVay and had mentioned that, we all love this guy. You made the, the right decision. And, you know, there's some analysts out there that are saying that Cam Akers could be the best back uh, taken amongst the, the group. And we'll see how McVay utilizes him. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It's a, you know, they have Mike Brown, they have, um, you know, Daryl Henderson Jr. But I ultimately think Cam Akers is going to take over the full starting running back job. Can he be a bell cow back? We'll find out. But I think by week eight, week nine, he'll be getting the majority of the touches 20-plus. That's my prediction there. Wide receivers, I think they're fine. I think you're going to see Josh Reynolds come in and just do fine at the slot position. I think that's going to be an easy role for him to fill. He's been on the Rams you know, a, few, a couple of years now. Cooper Cup, he's going to be – he still lights out. He's the Rams' best receiver. And then they have a speedster in Robert Woods. So they're fine on the outside. Robert Woods is still – He's still fast, still a great ball player. Breaks on the ball, great. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, coming in and out of route. So it's – I think they're fine at the receiver position. They have Tyler Higby um, mm-hmm. at, at tight end. So, you know, they're going to be fine. The offensive line we talked about a little bit, on, you know, the last episode. That will be interesting. But this is a young line, like I had mentioned. The line – I think with, you know, having another, you know, granted, it's not a full off season. It's a different off season, but I think having that experience under the belt and having some things shuffle around, it helps that they re-signed Andrew Whitworth. That was monumental. We didn't know if he was going to retire or not, but re-signing him was super critical, uh, you know, to protect Jared Goff. So they definitely needed him back. They get him back. Defensive side of the ball. They have the best defensive player in the league, in my opinion, by far pound for pound. Aaron Donald, I think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year again. Uh, it would be his third time. He's just a monster. I mean, you you talk about offensive offenses having complete game plans focused on one player. It's Aaron Donald. You don't hear that about many players. Maybe you hear about you know offensive game planning for you know specific cornerbacks, Jalen Ramsey, Richard Sherman, or other defensive players like Joey Bosa. You know, Nick Bosa now, you know, other specific defensive players. But Aaron Donald, you always have to, you know, prepare for. He is just an absolute beast. He's he's just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to obviously have to find a way to haul out the Brinks truck and re-sign Jalen Ramsey to a, a huge contract. Uh, yeah, they, they my got opinion. that, dude. Uh, he's, um, he's a top three corner in this league. If he, you know, and he's on his end game, he's the best. So 
Jalen Ramsey is going to be a priority. They have John Johnson. He's still young. He's going to be up for a contract extension as well. He's only 25 years old and is one of the best safeties in the league. Very underrated, undervalued. Uh, love John Johnson. Uh, you know, I think, you know, he is not talked about a lot of these guys like a Jamal Adams or Minka Fitzpatrick. But this guy can play. This guy can ball. He's a tough hitter. And, you know, he, he obviously is going to be a huge part of this defense in order to have, you know, a resurgence, uh, you know, in the 2020 season. So looking over the, all of the changes and going right into their schedule. So the Rams open up against the Cowboys. I'm going to give them a win here. I don't know what the crowd is going to be. Wow. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess Cronky is 500 million in the hole. And I guess had the Walmart family bail him out today for the extra funding. I, I read that on Twitter. Uh, I tried looking it up for ad some additional details, but I guess they're having problems with funding to finishing the stadium. Uh, it, it, what a bad time to just finish a stadium. Um, you know, for them and the Chargers. But I'm going to go ahead and give the Rams a win here. I just think the pressure on Dak Prescott is going to catch up to him after he signs this mega contract. I think with Dak letting it – now, granted, he has some, some unfortunate family issues happen recently, but even before this happened, there was always talk about this contract. I think it comes at a time, and maybe Jared Goff felt some of the same pressure last year after he signed his mega contract. When you prolong these talks, it gets to your head in some way, shape, or form. Now the expectation is even higher. For the last few years, we have pegged the Cowboys as a Super Bowl team on paper, and they've never panned out. They've never shown up in the playoffs. They got completely dominated on a couple years ago by the Rams in the run game. They ran for well over 250 yards on them. It was just an absolute bloodbath. And I think that's going to continue here. I think you're going to see a new Rams offense. I think it's, you know, opening night. Hopefully there is fans. Maybe there's a new stadium. Uh, so I'm going to give the Rams a win here. I think they open up, and I think the pressure is going to get to Dak Prescott. I don't think the, the Cowboys open up with a win. Rams win it against the boys on Oklahoma. They could have Andy Dalton in there, Adam. Uh, another reason for another win. <laughs> uh, so then they go on to the Bills, and I'm actually going to say, yes, just like you mentioned with Seattle, this is a trap game for a lot of West teams that have to travel East. Right. And the right. Bills always play great at home. You got Bills Mafia. People get. Hopefully we get to see Bills Mafia and get people getting put through tables and everything else outside <laughs> and, the stadium. And, and the Bills. They're coming off a playoff uh, run there, or appearance, I should say. A very shitty appearance that they should have won. Right. This game should have never of, uh, panned out the way it did. But I think the Rams lose here. I think the Bills, they're improved. They're on a mission. They got Stephon Diggs. They have a great team. They have a young defense. I like Sean McDermott. I think he's an underrated coach, and I think he'll be even better this year. He's actually turned the Bills around, as he said he would. He's done it, you know, in a phase. Uh, you know, where he wanted to focus on the defense. He got the defense. He added some necessary pieces around Josh Allen. He didn't curb away from him. So I think the Bills end up with a win here. So the Rams will be one and one after week two. Mm -hmm. uh, then they go, uh, they're going to stay East. And this is where I think it might help them because then, you know, they're, um, you know, they're going to be, uh, let me take a look. There. Oh, I'm sorry. So 
that was week three I just mentioned. My apologies. I'm looking at something, a different schedule here. So the, this is where they're going to be one and two. They're going to lose to Philly in week two. Um, and then the, to the Bills in week three. I just see it happening. Maybe, now maybe going to the Bills after staying east for a whole week will help them adjust to the time change. Maybe they pick up a W, but I just see the Bills being a little better than them right now. But back to Philly. I see Philly winning that game. Philly's always a tough place to play in. Tough fans, tough crowd, and they're a good football team. They're a veteran football team. Uh, Doug Peterson, an awesome coach. So I think the Rams threw, uh, you know, they'll open against the Cowboys with a win, lose to the Eagles on, on week two, lose to the Bills on week three, so they'll be one and two. Uh, then they're going to be at home to the Giants. I'm sorry, Poulin, but I see this being a win for them, you know, at home. Um, if we're, you know, projecting things to pan out, I think the Giants will play them very well. And the Giants will be much more improved this year than they were last year. Danny Dimes has a, you know, uh, you know, a season under his belt. So I see them playing teams tough, but I think the Rams uh, edge it out. Then going into the Redskins, I, th- I see them beating the Redskins. Then they're on the road to the 49ers, which I see being a loss. That will be a Sunday night game. That will be a loss. Um, then they go on. So then they're going to go into week seven against the Bears. The Bears are complete garbage with their quarterback situation, unless Nick Foles still has Nick Foles magic. But I still see the, the Rams beating the Bears here. On the road to the Dolphins, I'm going to give the Dolphins a W here. I don't like when West teams travel east. I just don't like it. And the Dolphins are going to have a top five defense this year. That Dolphins defense, they added pieces. They have Make maybe sure the you write that down, Jared. I got write it, it down. <laughs> Top five defense in the league this year. They have Kyle Van Noy, amazing linebacker, veteran presence in that locker room. Uh, they added uh, so their cornerback situation is just absolutely amazing. They added Byron Jones. Uh, that, they have Xavier Howard. Van Noy, Adam. What's that? I, I like the Byron Jones edition more than Van Noy. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like both of them. I, I like mean, a lot might, of them. Yeah, it's yeah. just, um, you know, they, they added Emmanuel Ogba as well, another young edge rusher. So, that, you know, that has some experience and had some success um, with the Browns. So mm-hmm. they, they got younger, but they still added veteran presence. And – that defense towards the end of last year was good, and they just got a whole lot better. So the Rams are getting an L in Miami. So going down, uh, the, then they go back home to Seattle. I'm actually going to say these teams are going to split. Uh, I have the Rams winning this game at home against Seattle. I think, you know, they, they actually split the games last year, and I see that happening again. I think Seattle will win their game at home against the Rams, and I see the Rams winning their game at home. So um, then they go on to the Bucks. This will be an L in Tampa Bay. So, mm, yeah, they lose to Brady. And they're going to lose to Brady again uh, with yep. a different team. Uh, so then they go back to the 49ers, and this is where I have them uh, beating the 49ers. I think, again, these are the Seahawks and the 49ers and the Cardinals. I see the, the Rams splitting all of these games one and one. I just think this division is very, you know, it, we've talked about it being tough. The teams know each other. So the following week, they're going on to the Cardinals. They'll pick up an L there. 
Then they come over to the Patriots, and that will be a, a home game. I have zero confidence in Jared Stidham. I don't. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see it. Patriots should have Cam Newton right now. I know we don't have any game film on Jared Stidham. Maybe he just blows people out of the water and has a proved it season and shows that he can play. But I'm I'm giving the Rams um, a win here. Then they play the Jets. That's a W. Fuck the Jets. They're gonna <laughs> yeah. lose. They lose the Seattle. Um, you know, in Seattle in uh, week 16 and then week 17, they'll pick up another W against Arizona. So I have the Rams going 10 and six and they'll make the playoffs. So I don't see them making a deep playoff run, but I see them getting back to the postseason. I think 10 and six to get out of the NFC West 10 and six will be monumental for this team because they face a lot of adversity from not making the playoffs losing integral pieces of the offense that they were known for a couple of seasons ago. It's going to be really interesting to see how McVay and this new offensive defensive coaches really come together and transform this team. As long as they have Jalen Ramsey, as long as they have Aaron Donald, they added a necessary piece at the running back and they have a great receiving core, great tight end, iffy offensive line, but I think it'll work out 10 and six, the Rams make the playoffs. That's my take on the Rams. We're going to move on to the Niners and JB. Let's hear it, man. All right, let's go. So uh, NFC champ Niners coming in. Um, I, I'm loving a lot of their offseason moves already. Um, start with Kyle Shanahan, I guess. We'll start at the top. Um, this is going to be his fourth year with the team. Um, his first two years were kind of rebuild years. Um, last year, they obviously had the impressive 13-3 and season, <clears throat> made it to the Super Bowl, lost uh, to Patrick Mahomes. Um, this year, fourth year, um, I expect um, another great season, honestly, when I was breaking down the games. Um, the wins just kept piling up. So I think they're going to end up having another great season. Uh, some of the big key additions um, right off the bat, um, they added Trent Williams which was huge for this team. Um, you add a piece like that on the offensive line. Um, not only is it one of the best moves you could give Garoppolo, um, but they got him for a great price. He had some issues in Washington, didn't really want to play there, didn't trust the medical staff. Um, and they got him for a song. They literally paid a fifth and a third rounder for this guy. Um, he's top five at his position. Um, all day. He's an absolute monster. They love to run it in San Francisco. Um, San Fran over the past, I believe, two, three years, they've been a top three rushing team. Um, so adding a guy like that's just massive. Um, and essentially, they ended up trading in an alternate move, Matt Burita for a fifth round pick to the Dolphins. So really, if you want to break it down, they traded a third round pick and Matt Burita for Trent Williams. So I mean, it's a win. I like Brita too, but that's that's definitely a win. Um, then in the draft, um, they went, they added Kinlaw. They got that pick from trading uh, Buckner. So Buckner went to the Colts. San Fran got the pick. They literally just replaced him younger, cheaper. Um, this guy's going to step in and be a monster. Um, this is the best defensive line in football, boys. So... Um, you know, getting a guy like Kinlaw, 
is he's going to fit in nicely. I think um, that defense is insane. Uh, Nick, just to touch on some of the guys, Nick Bosa, one of the best players in football already. Um, this is a guy that I, I peg as most likely defensive MVP candidate this year. He won defensive rookie of the year last year, I believe. Um, so I, I, I think you're going to be talking about Bosa and Darnold, two guys in this division for that uh, front runner. Uh, let me see. So that, that move was great. They re-signed Armstead. They re-signed Jimmy Ward. Um, I think Armstead's ready to step up uh, big time for this, for this D-line. Um, let me see. And then in the draft, they added Ayuk to replace Sanders, who left in free agency. Um, nice, fast field stretcher from Arizona State. Um, we got a nice sample from him from college. It wasn't, it wasn't too vast. It was really only uh, one and a half good seasons. But um, like I mentioned in previous podcasts, this guy's a glider. He's going to be fast. He's going to stretch the field. Um, him and Debo, I think, are going to work, work well together. Um, so I love that pick. He was another first rounder um, and they took him actually in there with their pick. Um, added a couple more guys, um, minor pieces, I'd say, uh, a defensive tackle, a tight end and a wide receiver. Um, I do like the wide receiver, Jawan Jennings from Tennessee. Um, he's a big guy. He's, I think he's 6'5". Um, so someone that can go, go up and get it. Um, and then for, for the schedule, uh, to start breaking that down, uh, week one, they got a matchup versus Cardinals, um, divisional matchup. This one's obviously going to be tough. I think all of these divisional games, um, are very tough. Um, I got the 49ers winning this game. It's at home. Um, I think, I think that's going to be probably one of the better week one games uh, right off rip. So um, week two, they're going to San Fran's going to New York Jets. I think that's going to be an easy win. Uh, I don't really see Darnold putting up much of a fight versus this defense. So don't give the Jets any love here. <laughs> well, as long as Adam Gase is there, no love, yeah, no respect. Gase they don't deserve it. Gase is trash. Everything he touches turns to <laughs> shit. So um, that's an easy dub. On, and I'll, I'll put it on the books now. I bet they win by 20. Uh, week three, they're going to be staying in New York. They're going to be playing your New York Giants. Um, sorry, Poolin, but oh, another, another <laughs> yeah, win. And we don't give the Giants any love, I guess. Another win. I will say this. I think <laughs> the Giants play them a lot tougher than the Jets will. All right, um, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be a closer. It'll be a closer game for you, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, so, next game, uh, I got versus the Eagles at home. I see this as another win. Probably a probably a tough game, but Jalen Hurts playing this game. <laughs> probably not. Pro probably not this game, but uh, you know, I I see them winning this game. It's at home. Um, Eagles got to travel to them. So I'm looking at another strong start for the, for the 49ers. I'm seeing 4-0 through week, week four. Um, week five, we got the Dolphins coming to San Francisco. 
Um, so another home game um, that should be a win, although uh, Dolphins, you know, have been making great improvements. Um, I got the Rams week six. I think um, this one's at home. So I got San Fran winning this one. So uh, I got them starting six and zero. Uh, then they go week seven on the road to the Patriots. Um, you know, New England's generally a tough place to play, uh, but at the same time, Tom Brady's not there anymore. So um, you know, so they're, so they're going to be seven and zero. It's seven and zero. That's right. Half of New uh, England's moved already. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, Week eight, we got um, at Seattle Seahawks, and this is where I got them taking their first loss of the season. Um, Seattle's divisional matchup, tough place to play. Um, I think this is the one that's going to get them. Um, Similar to this past season, right? Yep, very similar. So I see them starting seven and one at that point. Week nine, they're going to be playing uh, versus the Packers. Um, probably be a close game, although somewhat, I think, it's at home. San Fran should win that game. Yeah, um, another blowout, dude. Yeah. Rodgers don't want to be there. <laughs> and Packers did nothing <laughs> nothing to help the poor guy. So, um, right. you know, San Fran all day. Um, next game, I got this one starred um, as one of their tougher games. It's going to be – Week 10 at the Saints, um, and I got them taking a loss right here. Um, I think it's going to be very, very close. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders leaving San Fran and going to the Saints is going to be a key thing to watch that week. Um, Yep, and this is also the last week before their bye. So I really think think the Saints are going to get them on this one. Um, but, But keep an eye out because this could be a future playoff matchup. Um, you know, where uh, 49ers could get some revenge. Um, next week, week 11, I got them on by. Week 12, we have San Fran at the Rams. Um, and this is tough. I, I think this is the game that Adam had the Rams winning. Um, although I am going to give this game to San Fran. I think San Fran's just the far superior team right now. Rams have had a ton of bad contracts, bunch of losses. Um, they have re-signed some of their guys, which is good. But um, at the same time, this isn't the same team we saw in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, this is a much different team. Um, so I feel like this is the one team or one divisional matchup that I feel like St. Fran's going to get both ends of. Um, otherwise, I got them splitting with everyone else in the division. Um, I just got to see it. That offensive line was so, so bad last year. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that one plays out. I do have that one start because it's on the road and it is divisional. Um, week 13, we got the Bills. Um, it's actually at home versus the Bills. So Bills are going to be coming to San Fran. I got that being a win for San Francisco. Um, week 14, I got um versus redskins so we'll be at home san fran will be at home i got that being another easy win yeah uh, week 15 this is one i got started it's at the cowboys um we'll that see when yeah we'll <laughs> see we'll see what type of team the cowboys are at that point 
Um, I do think they're going to have a really good year. Um, and I actually got them beating San Fran in this game. I think they're going to catch San Fran right here. Wow. Yep. Um, week 16, I got at Cardinals. Um, I got a loss here, two back-to-back losses. Um, I think that uh, divisional game on the road, um, they're playing them week one, too. So you know that Kyler is going to be fired up for this game. Um, and then week 17 versus Seahawks, I got that being a, a win at home. Um, and if you total it all up, comes to 12 and four. Last year, they were 13 and three. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're going to be a shoe in for potentially the buy here um, for the NFC. Um, there's only one this year, so keep that in mind. Um, and I think if you're looking at, if you're keeping track right now, I, I got 49ers at 12 and four. Wow. Um, we got Poolin with the Seahawks at 11 and five. Yeah. And we got Widden with the Rams at 10 and six. So this is definitely the best division in football, most competitive division in football. Um, so really all of their, all of their games are going to matter. Is there a chance that you could see three, maybe all four of these teams making the playoffs? That would be the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. I don't because, know if it's ever happened. Because think about this and we'll get into these other divisions, but the NFC North is not as powerful as it was. The yeah. NFC South is not what it is. Well, it can be. I don't be now. Like, I mean, we we'll don't see. see. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. see. I mean, Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees, yeah, those, those probably are two playoff teams. But remember, there are seven teams in the playoffs now. Mm-hmm. So there's that extra spot. Um, and then the NFC East, it's, it's very, like, it, it's always competitive, but those teams are always, it's like a team seven and nine, and, or, or I'm sorry, they're like seven and eight, and the last week it comes down to they could finish eight and eight and win the division. So we, we could. We could see three of the four of these teams make the playoffs. Um, it'll be interesting. That was um, excellent take on the Niners. So 12 and four. JB has the Niners. Um, I was I, I wanted to ask you one thing, Jared um, and Adam. Is there any chance of the Niners going through a Super Bowl hangover? You know, similar to the Rams. You know, after their Super Bowl appearance, and then you know, going nine and seven and missing the playoffs. So, well, it I, sounds like obviously you don't see that coming, but. So I, I, I don't think so. I don't see that it's in the cards. Um, this team has done everything right on the back end um, as far as contracts, extensions, trades. Um, you know, they're proactive with everything. They're not gifting contracts to friggin' Jared Goff before they have to and Todd Gurley before they have to and right. Brandon Cooks before they have to and then cutting or trading two out of three of those guys because they're in deep trouble. Right. Um, you know, this isn't a team that went down that road. They're making effective trades. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you look at it, they bring in uh, Trent Williams for a third and a fifth or a third and Brita. You know, that's you're, you're just playing with roster scraps. Not that Brita's a scrap. I actually really like him as a back. Um, he's just not yeah. he's not your typical bell cap. Right. Um, you know, they're, they're 
they're actively re-signing their guys to good deals. Armstead, Jamie Ward, um, two big guys for that defense they got here. Um, so th they're refreshing their youth. Um, they're re kind of replenishing their youth, I should say. Um, and, you know, you, you lose Sanders, you add AU. So everything's really balanced with them. I don't see them going down that same road that the Rams went down. I look at the Rams almost like a mini little rebuild here. Um, yeah. You know, I know Adam said 10 and 6, but um, I'd, I'd probably project them personally to be the fourth place team in this division this year um, just until I see that offensive line improve. Um, but – that's what I'm thinking. What about you, Adam? Uh, I agree with you. I'll piggyback. Um, I, I, this team doesn't have the egos to let a Super Bowl hangover happen. When you have competitors like George Kittle, Richard Sherman, who has plenty of playoff experience and Super Bowl experience at that, you, you have you know, Nick Bosa coming off a dominant season. You have all of the pieces. You have the leadership. Jimmy Garoppolo, since he has been with the Niners, shows that he can play and he can hang. And, you know, if it wasn't for that one throw where he completely overshot Emmanuel Sanders in the middle of the field, that game's over. The, the Niners are winning that Super Bowl. That was uh, not yep. career-defining, but that will definitely be in the back of his mind for a long time, if not the rest of his life. That, that ball is one or two feet over from him sealing up the Super Bowl. And he showed that he could play. He played great football. So this is a team with a lot of leadership, um, a lot of dynamic. Um, you know, we just need we need the coach, Kyle Shanahan, to get the Super Bowl monkey off of his back. We don't know when that's going to happen, but he just – something always happens for him to botch it in his last two. So Can't catch a break. All right. <laughs> Hey, it's funny. There's actually a clip uh, from the Super Bowl, George Kittle at the end of the game on the sideline. And he said, he, he said, oh, I will be back here. And then um, I don't know if, if you guys saw, I think it was on Undisputed. Um, Lil, Wayne, Lil Wayne was on Undisputed after the Super Bowl because he went to the 49ers. Uh, He's a huge Packers fan. Huge Packers fan, but for some, whatever reason, he was at the 49ers uh, party following the Super Bowl, and he was on that show saying, like, he couldn't believe how confident they were coming off a Super Bowl loss, like, basically saying, like, we're going to be back here next year, and they truly believe that. I uh, I think so. I mean, they're, when you look at the roster, too, the way it's constructed – their defense is amazing. Their offense is amazing. They're literally the most balanced team in football, I'd say. So, yeah. Not if Tampa Bay can do something about it. <laughs> but, you know, what, one more thing about this division, guys, that now that I'm just thinking even more, but just you know, I, I, we got to look this up. But going back to like, you know, 2012, you know, when the back when the Seahawks got Wilson and the Niners at Kaepernick. I don't. They've. I don't know if there's another division that's had more representatives in. We'll say the last eight seasons in either a Super Bowl or an NFC Championship, because you had the Seahawks going to two Super Bowls. 
which in, in that mix of things, the Niners, I think, were in one of those NFC championships. Then the Niners made a Super Bowl appearance. The Cardinals were in an NFC championship one year and probably the playoffs here and there some other years. And then, of course, you had the Rams coming off their Super Bowl appearance. So that division alone over the last eight years has, has had a team or two in one of those last two games. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Let's go on to the Cardinals. So let's show the Cardinals some love. So we'll all kind of take a quick take. I think the Cardinals, this is, uh, you know, I have the Cardinals making the playoffs. Uh, that's been my prediction from the very beginning of this offseason. I think there's, a, you know, there's a, a slim chance, like I said, we could see um, three or four, all four of these teams maybe make the playoffs with now that extra, you know, position. We've seen multiple teams from divisions make the playoffs before, but uh, just looking at the Seahawks schedule, they play the AFC East, and I think that bodes well for them. I think they'll beat the Dolphins at home. This is, you know, then they play the the Bills. The Cardinal schedule, Adam. Yeah, I'm looking at the Cardinal schedule. So I think you know they have the Cardinals and the Bills at home. I think those will be wins. Um, I think they'll beat the Patriots on the road in New England. Uh, so but, uh... I think they actually they're gonna sweep the AFC East. I, uh, they also play obviously the oh. Jets. I'm not giving the Jets any any love, as long as Adam's case there is that. Like I said, so um, <laughs> you know, adding DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray is ecstatic. We're really going to see what this air raid offense, up tempo offense, we saw could work, especially in the second half of the season. Now you add DeAndre Hopkins, you might have one of the best receiving cores in the league that can actually compete. Christian Kirk's coming into his third year. You have someone. These guys, a whole team can learn from Larry Fitzgerald, a surefire Hall of Famer. Uh, he's a shoe-in-first ballot Hall of Famer at that. Absolutely. He also got David Johnson. Uh, no, no, he got traded, remember? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. You're right. He got traded to They the have um, – Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, that's right. So – uh, I think this team is going to be very competitive. If I had to look at the schedule, I have them making I, – I, they, they, they might 9-7, and 10-6 area. Maybe my schedule and prediction with the Rams, maybe, you know, one of these games, if the Cardinals, they do beat the Rams twice, that could be the difference maker. Maybe the team that's 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six is the difference from the third team getting of this division getting into the playoffs for me that would be a toss-up between the cardinals and the rams while i have the rams in there the cardinals it's so tough uh to look at and this all hinges on kyla murray's second year we're not and this is us assuming that kyla murray doesn't have a sophomore slump yeah i don't think he will i mean i don't know i mean he he didn't seem he seemed to progress as the year went on. You know what I mean? So he absolutely did. I think he'll build off that. Um, did we mention Isaiah Simmons? Did not. They, they all, you know, they may yep. have gotten, you know, potentially, uh, you know, I don't want to say like a steal of the draft cause they drafted him high, but you know, could potentially be, be one of the best picks of this draft class. If he turns out to be the hybrid, 
type of player he was in college, but on paper, at least, it looks great for them, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, like, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see. Like, they, they run that fast-paced offense. They throw the ball, you know, a million times. But like you said, Adam, they got DeAndre Hopkins, which I think could, put, you know, maybe one of the best off-season moves. Uh, yeah across the league so yeah I mean the sky's the limit for him like but but has with all the other teams in the, in this division you know I think their division is the biggest obstacle in front of them you know absolutely um so I just did some quick math on the schedule I got them as 11 and 5 uh tying the pool and seahawk predictions so I think I definitely think it's going to be a super tight division, um, you know, per usual. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see who sneaks in. Um, I love, I do love the Cardinals offseason. I definitely think they improved their defense and their offense. Um, so I, I don't think Kyler takes a step back here too, or has a sophomore slump. I think he's going to actually improve and, um, you know, show that he belongs in the elite conversation. There's a very interesting article that uh, Mike Florio actually posted uh, back in late April, and he makes a very good point that this could be the division that sends. It says not only is this, but it probably will be the first division with this new playoff format that sends all four teams to the playoffs, and he makes a good point. The NFC West is the best division in football, according to him, based off, you know, records from the last several years. So the NFC West being the best division in football is playing against the NFC East, which is the worst division in the NFL. So. Right, right, right. He says if the Niners, Hawks, Rams, and Cardinals stay in the range of between four and two and two and four in their six division games, they can fatten up their records via the 10 games outside of the division. And eight of those games against the AFC and NFC East could help the NFC West do just that. Wow. So I was going to say, with with the records we're given all these teams, we got them all in the playoffs. We could, because we've seen three teams from other divisions in the old playoff format. Um, You know, I'm sure at some point in time they've made, you know, three of the four have made the playoffs. But this, you know, with this extra seventh team and now only having uh, one team on a bye, you could absolutely see this. I mean, this is a, you know, uh, I know Jared was knocking on on the Rams a little bit, but like, you know, Listen, this is a team that has experience. At least they've been, they've made these deep playoff runs. You can't count them out. Uh, so I, I think, you know, that you could very well see all four teams from this division make the playoffs. It's totally possible. That would be something. Uh, that would be crazy, but I guess it is possible. Final thoughts on this week's episode. So... My final thought is uh, Poulin and I had a very great back and forth. I wish we could have recorded live text message argument. It was, uh, it was like Skip and Shannon on Undisputed. Yeah, we were going back and forth. That It was good. There was, you know, Poulin, you made excellent, excellent arguments about, you know, Cam Newton and, you know, or Scam Newton, rather, in, in your yeah. sense. Uh, no, I mean, um, I, I like Cam Newton, but 
you know, I was just sort of playing uh, devil devil's advocate with Adam, like, because the big question is like, why hasn't he been signed? So it's like, we need to know. I need to know. We all need to know. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, we could sit here and go through the same exact conversation that me, Jared and Poulin have been having every other day about why do you see all these other QB signings and Cam's still not on a team, especially after a week ago, he came out and said that he is willing to be a backup on the right team. Uh, he's, he's right. still in my top 10. I think he's better than 24 of the other, you know, 24 of the other 32 quarterbacks in this league. It just doesn't make sense. He's still young. I know he's, he's had injuries the last couple of years, foot injury, shoulder surgery, all that. But he's 31 years old. He's clearly taking care of himself by looking at his workouts on social media. He's in shape. He's healthy. Someone just take a flyer on him to challenge him. Like, would I take him over Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. Why wouldn't the, I, I know the Ryan Tannehill resurgence, but let, let's be real. Is he going to have a resurgent year next year? I mean, no. they'd rather go pay 100 mil than take a, take a shot at adding Cam out of value. It just you know? doesn't, it doesn't um, add up. Well, Adam, did so, did, so inconsistent. Did you the Rams? Like, is that a rumor? It's, a, it's, it's been written about, and it's a dark horse team. Now, they don't have any cap space for anything, and they need to conserve cap space and be smart with it because they need to sign Jalen Ramsey to a mega deal and be the highest-paid cornerback in the NFL uh, after this season at some point. Uh, they also need to sign John Johnson. That, those are their two primary signings they need to lock down in order to keep this defense, especially with the high-flying offenses in, the, in, in that division. But – they can find a way to add Cam and think about it. Like if you can, they already had to readjust Jared Goff's contract to create cap space for the rookie signings. Right. That already spells alarms and they have 40 million in dead money this year. So that's a whole other issue. Awful. Now after this year, things get better, but can they move some pieces around or restructure some other contracts? Maybe they restructure Aaron Donald's mega deal uh, and maybe make some room. You're not going to sign Cam to something crazy right now. It's not like you're going to sign him for over $10 million, But you need to find a way to at least get him in, you know, in for something. And maybe he challenges Jared Goff. Remember, Cam Newton is unbelievable out of the play action. And when he can run and his backs can run, he's effective. He's an amazing player. This could be a home for Cam. And I think it would play out better for him because there is that chance that Jared Goff regresses again, and that contract the Rams are going to have to eat and regret again in mm. order to get rid of him. Uh, but Cam could be the you know um, the saving grace come middle of the season if Jared Goff sucks. So you can see Cam put on the banana Rams helmet. <laughs> he oh would my make, God. Hey, he would make him look a lot better than Jared <laughs> Goff does. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would be ecstatic to see Sean McVay and Cam Newton work together. I think that pairing yep. would be, put it this way, I'm shifting some wins if they get Cam Newton. Right. I think the record could be that much better. And actually, if you think about it, back to Jared's point about the offensive line, if that offensive line breaks down, is Jared Goff scrambling and making plays and being a, a, an improviser in and out of the pocket? No. Cam Newton oh, can I mean, give I, you that. I'm yep. not crazy about him. And even like you said, Adam, uh, 
when you said it, you know, in the Super Bowl and they just kept running 11 personnel. Uh, but that was kind of what got them there on the, on the heels of Todd Gurley. But once, you know, I mean, I, we still don't know the story, but once his knee. Goff's, Goff's a total system quarterback. I mean, well, 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 you saw it in that Super Bowl. Basically, once Gurley couldn't take 30 carries a game, it was like, they weren't the same team, you know? Yeah, he's staring at the sidelines looking for what to do on the defense. He's not reading the defense at all. He's staring right. at his coach. I mean, right. that's terrible. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't believe in him one bit. So, I, I mean, I'd love to see Cam go there. Um, yeah, nothing against the guy, but I agree. I like that is, That's a guy for you, Adam. I would take Cam Newton over Goff. To, to Goff's defense, and not to spend too much time here, but – he did get there, and he did had a great. He had a good season that year. Yeah, no, he, he threw, did. He dude, he did. when he needed to win games and go down the field and win that year, he did it. There was yep. a crazy game at the beginning of the season against the Vikings that they needed to win at home. It was a high flying game, mm-hmm. and he needed a, he needed to play lights out that game. And that was the best game I've ever seen Jared Goff play was against that Vikings team in yep. 2018. That was by far an unbelievable game. The most almost mistake-free, picture-perfect game he played. But, you know, maybe he does need – we'll see what this new offensive coordinator does. You know, maybe they run some different personnel on the field, and I think that will help him. But, yeah, so, I don't, I so don't know. This is a die for him. Here's one thing for you, Adam, about that 2018 team. The Rams had the sixth-best ranked O-line, according to PFF, uh, in 2018. Last year, they had the 31st-ranked O-line. So, I mean, yeah, if you can put a line in front of him, he, you know, he's going to get you some wins. But uh, what line's going to show up this year? We're going to have to wait and see on that. Yeah, you know? no, we really are. Um, Final yeah. thoughts, BP. I was just going to say something. Uh, shit. <laughs> it was about the Rams. Oh, um, yeah, Adam, <laughs> like you said, they, no, no, no. They, listen, this is, a, this is a true story. They need to get a little more creative on offense. Um, number one, I think Belichick slightly exposed them in that Super Bowl because they went from a- averaging 33 points a game all season to being held to three points in that Super Bowl. So that's a bit of a red flag. You know, the rest of the league watched that, that tape and said, all right, well, how would the Patriots defend this? Pats uh, dominated the edge. That's how they did it. Right. And, and, I, and I know, like, okay, I get it. They lost Gurley, and that was a big, big part of their engine there. But if you go, if you go and play with the Rams on Madden 20, their playbook. Two formations. Is, <laughs> yeah, no, not, their playbook is literally three formations, like the least. Including in the, special teams. And that's including goal line and special teams. But it's just like, no, seriously, if you look at their offensive, I mean, I know it's a video game, but. It's kind of based off reality. They have like single back and maybe like one or two shotgun formations and that's it. Like they don't do anything else like that. You know, there's nothing, they don't really have a full back and I get it. Like you said, Adam, they need to get back to that run, that strong running game, which allows golf to do play action. But without that threat, you know, they're going to struggle. But maybe maybe Akers will be the guy. Um, they drafted Daryl Henderson a year ago. 
we'll see who steps up for them. But I do think they need to get a little bit more creative. And there's no doubt. Yeah, that's they got to throw some things out there that teams haven't seen them do yet. Because right now, I think a lot of teams have have the script on how to stop them. You know. Absolutely. And that might even come down to Goff's deficiencies as a quarterback and reading defenses. You know, right. they, they may have um, different plays that he can run and he's just choosing not to run them. Um, I will say this, um, McVay didn't draft Goff. He did give him the extension, but he didn't draft Goff. Goff wasn't, you know, his guy. Right, right, um, right. So, so you know, we'll see. We'll you wonder see if they're regretting out. not waiting through the oh um, my god, the option for that. Because damn, wait that out. What well, a they terrible do have Blake Bortles as a backup. And and this is <laughs> this is why you need they oh had the god, boat. Yeah. <laughs> this is why you need a good GM in football. Someone to be like, no, you're not doing that. That's stupid. You know. Um, because right. you don't, you don't pay. A, and, and Goff had five years on his rookie deal, and they extended him up to like year three or year two. Sixteen, seventeen, joke. eighteen. Yeah, year after three. Third year, yeah. Joke, absolute joke. Yeah, they should have played him. They yeah. had him for two more years. Why wouldn't you get a better sample size when you already have the guy under contract? You know what I mean? It makes no sense. We'll find out. JB, any last thoughts? Um, hmm. those those Ram jerseys are trash. Oh, uh, we forgot to mention that. This is so bad. So bad. Uh, uh, Poor Aaron Darnold. <laughs> Looks like he got in a highlighter fight. If IKEA had a football team, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no joke. Uh, what else? What else came out recently? Um. Uh, did you guys see this story today? Um, James Harrison was on some podcasts, and he said uh, there was a game in 2010 where he knocked Muhammad Massacoy out of a game. He got fined 75000 for it, and he said on this podcast today that Mike Tomlin handed him an envelope after the game. The 75 k in it, baby. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean – Obviously, James Harrison's retired, and the NFL has already said, like, no comment on it. He <laughs> wow. and that Tomlin's still the coach. I mean, we'll kind of see where that goes. I can see Tomlin yo, doing yo. that. Tom, Tomlin doesn't give a fuck, dude. I mean, <laughs> James Harrison did not say what was in the envelope. All he said was that Tomlin handed him an envelope after that hit. That's after- like – that's like one step above the Saints with uh, Bounty right. Gate. <laughs> right, right, right. Unbelievable. Any closing thoughts, JB? Uh, Predictions? So Vegas has San Fran uh, with the third best uh, odds to make the Super Bowl. So I think that they're going to win this division. Third best. Who's uh, First is the Chiefs, I'm assuming. Yep, followed by Baltimore. Baltimore. Yep. Interesting. So next week we return and we're going to cover the other West teams. We're going to cover, we're going to cover the Broncos, the Raiders, the chiefs and the chargers. Those uniforms we can talk about because those are the best in the league, the chargers. Mm. So we'll have a lot to talk about then. So guys prepare. Always a pleasure. Yep. Good to be back. Uh, Thanks for listening to all our, 
followers out there. And stay tuned for uh, some big things coming tomorrow. Or today, rather. <laughs> when it launches. Yeah. yeah, by the time you all listen to this, we're going to have a hot, fresh, new. We're having a new look that's better than the Rams, yeah. the Browns. The Rams, Falcons. The Falcons. Uh, whoever compliments, compliments of our boy, our homeboy, Kraus. Hooked it up. Yep. Yes. Shout out to Kraus. Absolutely. Uh, actually, speaking of that, being he's a big Packers fan, I'm looking at pro football talk right now, and it says Aaron Rodgers will be speaking to reporters on Friday in Green Bay. He's holding out, requesting a trade. So that'll be, you know, that, <laughs> oh yeah, with the whole Jordan Love thing, that might be something to keep an eye on. So let's go. Absolutely. Guys, thank you for always tuning in. We appreciate our listeners. We'll see you next week on Audible's podcast.